The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. With John Leonetti. That broadcast school has really paid off. Deacon Mark Campbell. Mark Amadeo. Ooh, yeah! And Deacon Tony Valdez. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome into One and All. Thanks for joining me today. John Leonetti here on the Catholic Morning Show, Wednesday, February 7th. We've got a great show in store for you today, friends. Uh, Coming up at 7.15, I'm really looking forward to this. The Bible and Reconciliation is the book. Confession, Repentance, and Restoration. We're going to be talking about uh, James Prothrow. He's going to be on today. Uh, And really, uh, this is, I think, one of the, the big questions that people ask you know, uh, it, I think about a lot of things when it comes to Catholic teaching. Well, where do you find it in the Bible? Well, there, there's a few ways to answer this, of course, because, you know, it doesn't say you, you can't kick puppies in the Bible either. Right. But you just know that's wrong. Uh, so um, we're going to kind of hash through some of that and uh, and really try to get to the bottom of it. I'm, but I'm looking really, really looking forward to uh, this book, The Bible and Reconciliation. We'll have Dr. James on at 7.15 today. Coming up, 7.45, Patrick O'Hearn. He has uh, authored seven books and has been on for a couple of those as well. Holds a Master's of Education from Franciscan University. And uh, he's going to be on to talk about Our Lady of Sorrows today. You know, devotion to Our Lady of Sorrows, it's it, it's really a, a big devotion. But uh, what he says is it's one of the most hidden devotions in the church. So we're going to talk to him about uh, where this really goes back to, I'll give you a hint, somewhere in the Middle Ages, and uh, why this devotion is so important for our times today. So we'll have that for you at about 7.45 today. And some more, if we can get to it. I'm going to try to save some good time for both of these excellent guests this morning. Deacon Tony, let's offer our day to our Lord with our morning offering. God, our Father, we offer you our day. We offer you all our thoughts, words, joys, and sufferings in union with the heart of Jesus Holy Spirit, be our guide and strength today so that we may witness to your love. Mary, Mother of Jesus and the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, protect us. Amen. Amen. Let's go to your news with Deacon Mark Campbell. Thank you, John. Our top news stories of the day brought to you by the Catholic Tuition Organization, helping to make Catholic education more affordable. The bottom line is for the kids. For more information, visit ctoiowa.org. Just weeks after Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds introduced a bill that would define man and woman into state law, five days later, the bill is already eligible to be debated on the Iowa House floor. On Tuesday at the State House, the House study bill passed through the Education Subcommittee and hours later advanced through the full committee. The ID portion of the bill was taken out by an amendment during the full education committee. However, the bill would still require birth certificates to have a person's sex at birth and defines man and woman by their respective reproductive systems. House Democrats push for a public hearing to be held on the bill, and that would need to occur before lawmakers bring it to the House floor for a vote. A jury yesterday found a Michigan mother guilty of four counts of involuntary manslaughter in connection with her son's 2021 shooting at Oxford High School that killed four students and injured seven other people. She faces a maximum penalty of 15 years in prison for each count. Her sentencing is scheduled for April 9th. Jennifer Crumbly, 45, is believed to be the first parent to be held criminally responsible for an attack committed by their child to to carry out the November 30th, 2021 attack. Her son, a then 15-year-old, used a 9 millimeter semi-automatic handgun that his father bought him for Christmas just days before. 
Her son, now 17, pleaded guilty as an adult to all 24 charges in 2022, including murder and terrorism, and was sentenced last year to life in prison without parole. The shooter's father, 57-year-old James, will take the stand next month in a separate trial over involuntary manslaughter charges. And on Wednesday, the Atlanta beverage giant introduced Coca-Cola Spiced, the first new permanent offering to its North American portfolio in three years. Coca-Cola Spiced and Coca-Cola Spiced Zero Sugar will go on sale in the U.S. and Canada on February 19th. Coca-Cola Spiced doesn't have a lot of heat. The main flavor drinkers will notice is a hint of raspberry Coke. Won't name the spices added. It guards the, its recipes closely, but they, they say it will taste like amped up versions of spices and regular Coke. Coke has been exploring ways to get younger drinkers excited about its signature cola. And in 2022, launched Coca-Cola Creations, a series of eight limited edition Coke flavors in colorful cans and bottles. I have no idea <laughs> what they mean by that. But, but which, which part of that? The spiced Coca-Cola. Yeah. So it, it, it'll have a, a little bit of spice so it's like to a it. heat? But not I heard raspberry in there. Well, that was on, on some of the other, uh, it, yeah, it's it, 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 it taste of a, a hint of raspberry in the spice. Okay. Oh, well, Is that the spice? Uh, John, you're just going to have to buy it when it comes out. I'm not buying nine, that. Nine, 19th to come, when no. it comes out. No. I'll stick with my Diet Coke. I'll, we'll bring it in. We're going to do we're going to do a taste taste test, test on here. And um, and what we'll do is see if you can tell the difference between regular or spiced Coke. Um, yeah, I'll be able to do that. Let's go to Mark Amadeo now with your news, with your sports. In sports on your Wednesday morning, last night, high school girls and boys basketball heard on most of these Iowa Catholic radio network stations. In the girls' contest, it was third-ranked Dowling Catholic defeating number 12, Waukee Northwest, by the score of 64-32. Dowling improves its record to 16-4 on the year. The Maroons were led by junior Ava Zedeker's 23 points and sophomore Ellie Muller with 14 points. In the boys' contest, it was 10th-ranked Waukee Northwest defeating Dowling Catholic 81-61 at the Waukee Northwest Gym. Dowling's record falls to 8-10. The Maroons were led by a pair of seniors, Riddick Metten with 20 points and Joey Coppola with 12 points. Last night, men's college basketball in the Big 12. Number 14, Iowa State, defeating the Texas Longhorns by the score of 70-65. to in Austin, Texas, the Cyclones had an 18-point lead at one time, and it whittled down to three before they hung on for a five-point win. The Cyclones now 6-3 and three in the Big 12 Conference, tied for second. Overall, their record is 17-5, and five, while the Longhorns fall to 4-6 and six in the conference. They're tied for ninth and 15-8 and eight overall. Tonight, men's college basketball in the Missouri Valley Conference. Southern Illinois is at Drake and Missouri State at Northern Iowa. Both games will tip off at 7 o'clock. And this Friday night, we'll have high school girls and boys basketball on most of these Iowa Catholic Radio Network stations. Urbandale at Dowling Catholic. Our pregame begins at 6 o'clock Friday night with the girls game at 6.15, followed by the boys game at 7.45. Dowling will be recognizing 50 years of girls basketball at the school. And with your Wednesday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show, I'm Mark Amadeo. Thank you, Mark. Let's take a look at the Iowa Catholic Radio Network forecast for today. Mostly cloudy, highs in the lower 60s. Uh, we will see some wind gusts this afternoon, up to 30 miles per hour overnight. Mostly cloudy, a slight chance of rain after midnight. Lows in the upper 40s. And tomorrow, Thursday, mostly cloudy in the morning, then becoming partly sunny. Slight chance of rain, breezy with highs in the lower 60s. 
And it looks like our uh, weather today is brought to you by Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte. Since 1939, Farm Bureau Financial Services has built relationships first and plans second, getting to know you so they know exactly what you need. Learn more at CindySchulte.com. The Holy Father on Sunday during his Angelus address said something I thought was really, really good for us to remember. He says, um, Jesus' example of being, quote, on the move in his preaching and in performing miracles is a reminder that God is never distant, but always close to us. Here's reflecting on the, the gospel from Mark. The Pope observed in his exegesis that Jesus, quote, after teaching in the synagogue, comes out so that the word he preached can reach, touch, and heal people. While acknowledging that the idea of a God that is, quote, distant, cold, indifferent, to our fate is prevalent, the Pope underscored that today's reading dispels this notion, revealing to us instead that Jesus shows to us that God is not a detached master, but speaks to us from on high. On the contrary, he is a father filled with love who makes himself close to us, who visits our homes, who wants to save and liberate, heal every ill of the body and the spirit, the Pope said. I I just think this is really important. I'm going to stop there for us to uh, to us to get because you know this is one of the things that I've struggled with in my own life and I don't know maybe there's a few others out there that have done so and that is just kind of seeing God as a close God so it's one thing to believe that there is a God right you know you go through all the philosophical arguments and all those philosophical arguments by the way at least in my studies most of the time it did not deal with the second question And the second question is, okay, if there is a God, if you believe there's a God, then what do we know he's like? Most philosophical questions, they will go deeper in that, but most will start with the question, just the question alone, is there a God? And we got to come to that conclusion first. And of course, you know, Aquinas weighs in all the great theologians and philosophers have weighed into this question uh, over the centuries, right, and, and built their cases um, I, I happen to believe that the Catholic Church has the greatest case. Um, Aquinas, of course, in his proves of the existence of God, if you will, or his ways. Some people don't like it being called proofs, but his uh, ways to understand the existence of God. Uh, my favorite argument for the existence of God would be the argument of causality. We've talked about a little bit of that here. But Pope Francis is weighing into the second question. And again, a question I think is very good for us to really ask a question that oftentimes we can just kind of overlook and just take for granted. And that is, if there is a God, what kind of God is he? And here, as Pope Francis talks about, here he points to Jesus. So how do we know anything about God is a big question for us, right? Well, there's only one answer to that. How do we know anything of what God is like? And the answer to that is because God has told us. Right there in sacred scripture. That's what the Bible is from beginning to end, from the first book to the last book of God revealing himself to us. As Mother Teresa says, God writing kind of a love letter to the world. And so what does he reveal? Well, he doesn't reveal just a bunch of teachings at first. He reveals his face. In Jesus, we have been revealed the very face of, of God. Remember, Jesus is the fullness of God. 
fully human, fully divine. His two natures there, fully human, fully divine. So he's the fullness of God, which means he always was and he always will be. He's the second person of the most holy trinity. But what he did is he took on a body. He took on flesh. So he was born into his creation with his body, with his flesh, becoming fully human. Okay. So what does he do? Well, look to him. What does he do? Well, he heals. He comforts. He chastises when need be. He flips some tables. He, he, he wasn't messing around in some of these cases. Right? He's, he's a just God. You know, when he goes, when he goes in those, those churches, they're selling, you know, the banks kind of roll into the day and they're selling those faulty, you know, animals there. It was a, it was a scam for the poor, which is why Jesus essentially is flipping those tables. He's a God of love. He's a God of mercy. He's a, he's a God of truth. You know, go and sin no more. I forgive you. I'm not going to condemn you because of my, my mercy. But no, 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 don't don't go continue in your ways. Go and sin no more. He's a God of justice, love, mercy, and truth. So this is how we know about God. Because God has fully revealed himself in the person of Jesus. And where does he go? Well, he's a God of the poor. He's a God of the blind. He's a God of the mute. He's the God of the chastised. He's a God of those in need of his gravest mercy. He's a God of the sick. He's a God that is close to all of us in any time of need. This is our God. It cannot be said enough, friends, because, you know, we can take this for granted, but so much uh, of history uh, and belief in God was not this. It was, you know, this pagan understanding of God was, well, there might be a God, but he's very distant, uh, or I got to toe the line, or he's just waiting to wipe me out, or he's in competition with me. And none of those things have come to fruition. That in Jesus, we see the fullness of God. In Jesus, we see the way in which he has revealed himself to us. Which is why it's so important for us, friends, to be able to read our Bible. Because when we read sacred scripture, what happens is we get to know God for who he is. We get to know God for, for how he has revealed himself to us. Just a good reflection, I think, for us this week. And to continue on, especially, you know, just a week away from, from Lent. God's presence in our life, his closeness to us. Really beautiful stuff. All right, when we come back, we're going to be joined by Dr. James Prothro. Dr. James is a uh, Ph.D. University of Cambridge there, assistant professor of scripture and theology. He's got a new book out called The Bible and Reconciliation, Confession, Repentance, and Restoration. You may be asking, where is confession in the Bible? We're going to have all those answers for you when we come back. Don't go anywhere. This is going to be good. John Linetti here on the Catholic Morning Show. You're listening to the Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. I'm Jen, the Director of Nursing at InterVisions Healthcare, a free and faith-based medical clinic in Des Moines that helps women with their unplanned pregnancies. We're looking for a registered nurse to help serve our patients. So if you'd like to come work for us, we'd love to talk to you. Call us today, 515-440-2273. If you're a compassionate and professional nurse looking to help vulnerable women in need, please give us a call, 515-440-2273. 
Confluence Brewing Company, a former homebrewer's dream, is now a hub where great things come together. Situated south of Gray's Lake and easily accessible via the bike trail in Des Moines. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Ashworth Vision Clinic. Complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and urgent eye issues. 515-440-4610. AshworthVision.com. Iowa Catholic Radio would like to thank our business partner, Edible Arrangements, for their support, offering fruit bouquets and gourmet dip chocolate treats. On the go or have it delivered for that special occasion, ediblearrangements.com. Support for programming has been provided by Permar Security Services, a family-owned security company that provides full-service security solutions to homes and businesses throughout the Midwest. Learn more at permarsecurity.com. Thank you, Permar Security Services, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Deary of Ames, home of warranty forever, offering new, used, and commercial vehicles as well as service and Mopar parts. Deary of Ames is located just off of Highway 30 at the Dayton Avenue exit and online at DearyAmes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from A New Look Exteriors, an Anderson-certified contractor providing custom window installations, roofing, siding, gutters, concrete, and more to help give your home a new look. Learn more at anewlookexteriors.com. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for tuning in here. John Linetti here on the Catholic Morning Show. Appreciate you being a part of it today. And always, second half hour, we're going to talk about Our Lady of Sorrows today. A a devotion, really a a big devotion in the life of the church, but it's been hidden in a lot of ways uh, in the church as well. Just just, what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of people don't know about it. So we're going to uh, we're going to make her known for those that may not and, and maybe even call some to devotion. Let's go to our next guest, Assistant Professor of Scripture and Theology at the Augustine Institute in Denver, Colorado. Dr. James Prothrow joins me. Hey, Doctor. Hi, John. How are you? I'm doing just fine. The Bible and Reconciliation is what you've uh, taken the the tall task of writing about, Confession, Repentance, and Restoration. I I think the first question, though, most people are asking is, wait, wait, Reconciliation's in the Bible? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Where, where, where how, how do we, I think we got to start there, right, doctor? Because if we don't start there, then I think a lot of people are going to think, well, wait a second, where did this whole thing come from? You have all these really dumb uh, ideas, oh, it's Middle Ages, or it came from this or that. But really, it comes from the very heart of Jesus's ministry. He, this is what he, he leaves the apostles with, one of these most powerful sacraments, this here in his mercy. Yeah, that's right. So uh, your your question here really gets at, at, at the heart of kind of how I end up putting the book together, um, because we, we, we want to understand the sacrament of reconciliation and where it's promised and instituted in Scripture. Um, and, and an easy place to look uh, there is in John's Gospel, chapter 20, when Jesus has risen from the dead uh, and he sees the apostles in the upper room, he does two things. First of all, he says, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Mm. And so that he's always the one sent by the Father on this mission to deal with sin, to oppose sin and the works of the devil and destroy it. And he has done that in the cross and now his resurrection. But he says, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. So he's going to send them on the same mission to deal with sin 
because of who he is, because they're with him and by his power, he breathes the Holy Spirit on them and says, whoever sins you forgive is forgiven them. Whoever sins you retain are retained. And so he commissions them uh, to be leaders, to be preachers, and also to be able to deal with sin by his own authority. But really, to understand that one little bit, you then have to understand, as you said, at the heart of the Father, uh, and the way that he deals with his people in love and mercy, but also to call them out of their own mess, uh, really from the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis and, and all the way to Revelation, where the, the plan comes to, um, uh, to its end uh, in the new heavens and the new earth. You talk about having a biblical framework when it comes to this sacrament, this specific sacrament of reconciliation. What do you mean by that? Uh, well, so what I don't mean, I don't mean biblical, like as opposed to theological or churchly or something like that. Um, but what I mean is I, I want us to, to imagine uh, uh, and understand what we're doing uh, in the terms that the Bible lays out for us, right? Because that's, that's going to be the, the, the soul of sacred theology and the foundation of, uh, of our faith. And as you said, so many people don't even realize that... Um, that this sacrament and this reality of divine mercy uh, and God's call to repentance are, are, are really strongly, thickly in the Bible. So what, what, what the book does is it goes from Genesis all the way to Revelation and shows patterns, right, that the same kind of patterns that we're called to in the sacrament are the patterns of life that God calls us to, right, to repent and believe in the gospel and to keep walking with the Lord, uh, to deny ourselves and take up our cross, so that we can, not just for the sake of denying ourselves in penance, you know, Lent is coming up, right? Yeah. Um, but denying ourselves is actually about learning how to say uh, yes to God and mm. yes to love, right? Because if we're, if we're living out of selfishness, uh, then we're not going to be very good at loving right, other people. Um, so what I do is I walk through the, 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 the whole Bible to, to show all of these themes uh, and the different patterns that are there. Um, uh, and, and one consistent pattern, which, which really looks a whole lot like uh, the story of the prodigal son. Mm. Right? And that's what um, Church Fathers since the beginning have talked about uh, to help us think about our life uh, under God as repentant sinners, as redeemed people uh, who live under His love. But, you know, we're, we're sons and daughters who get, who get called back to the household. We get embraced by our Father. Um, and then also, you know, uh, the, the thing that I think is most fascinating about the prodigal son parable is the next question is, well, okay, so he's back in the house now. What happens tomorrow? Right? He's got to start living as a son again, right? And we have to, uh, uh, and that's really where um, some of the confusing parts, I think, of uh, maybe the sacrament of penance or the season of Lent uh, can be really helpful because it's about that new, that new learning to live under God. Uh, as his beloved child, once again, after we've been restored and reconciled. Yeah, I, and we were talking about this before you came on, Doctor. I, I want to be clear, you know, God is a God of mercy, he's a God of love, he's a God of compassion, but he's also a God of justice, and, and those don't contradict each other, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it is just for us to go to our God and say, I have hurt you, I've hurt myself, I've hurt each other, this community, and I need to be restored, you know, back in back into this, uh, and this is in a lot of ways what confession does is it rightfully restores us in what we call sanctifying grace back into right order, not just with each other, not just with ourselves and the way God has created us, but also with God. And, and this is what God is constantly calling us towards is a is a perfect relationship with Him, which is really beautiful in a lot of ways. 
Yeah, it is. Um, James chapter 4 um, uh, talks, so he talks in terms of friendship. He doesn't use the word reconciliation, but reconciliation, right, is the restoration of a relationship that's hmm. been broken. Um, but in James chapter 4, verse 4, he's, 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 he's in prophetic mode, right? And he's, he's talking to the believers, and he says, uh, talking to us, um, and he says, you know, don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Right? Be friends with God. And, but the way, that he, the way that he calls for this is he says, draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Yeah. Right? Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God because he gives grace to the humble and will exalt you. But we, what we like to do in our pride is uh, uh, either figure out a way not to have to say sorry or not to return to God um, and not to flee from the things that we run into, or maybe sometimes uh, right, to try to, to make up a version of love right, or a version of God that wouldn't make us do that, right? <laughs> um, to say, oh, well, I'm sure... Uh, I. I'm I'm either so little of a sinner that I don't need to really repent, or I'm so bad of a sinner that it could never happen, right? And I could never in justice actually be called to draw near to God. But that's what James says, right? Um, and that's what we get to do uh, in in penance, right? From the very, very beginning, right? To be able to walk up to the confessional, walk up to the priest who represents Jesus and his mercy to us, um, and hopefully they do it well, Um and to hear his, to hear God's words of forgiveness through them, to be able to say all of the things. Right? Um, I I, uh, I haven't been Catholic all my life, uh, and I was told that going to confession was supposed to make me feel worse about myself nah. and less forgiven, and that being able to sit around in my room alone and say. I'm sorry about this, but tell nobody else was yeah. actually supposed to make me feel more forgiven. Hmm. But I tell you what, it never worked for me, because what I always ended up doing was sitting at home going, well, I told God I'm, you know, I told, I told God what I did, and he knows anyway, so maybe I shouldn't even have to tell him. But man, I, I, they keep talking about that forgiveness in church, but I don't really think it applies to this thing that I hmm. did. Right? But you go into the confessional and you say that thing that you did out loud to another human being who speaks in the name of God. And you know what he does? He doesn't yell at you. He doesn't berate you. He gives you, he, he calls you to return to God, right, and gives you repentance, but you're already there. You're already confessing. Yeah. Proclaims the mercy and gives you sacramentally the mercy of Jesus Christ and forgiveness. And really beautiful. Go, oh, even, even that one, even that one. I can walk away knowing that I said it out loud and actually somebody heard it and it's not a fake and I'm not a fraud and I am forgiven. Hmm. What a good book for Lent, friends. The Bible and Reconciliation is the name of it. You can get it Baker Academic, bakeracademic.com. Uh, the Bible and Reconciliation, Confession, Repentance, and Restoration. You can also get it here locally at Divine Treasures. Uh, and if they don't have it, they'll certainly order it for you. But I just think this is really timely. It'd be a really great book to be able to maybe uh, work through during this uh, holy season of Lent. Dr. James Prothrow, thanks for coming on, doctor. Keep up the good work. Thanks so much, John. God bless you. All right. That's Dr. James Prothrow again, everyone. Yeah, it, this is so needed. I, I don't think there's enough <laughs> enough about it, right? Which is why, you know, a great book like this and a timely book can be so important for us because there is still, I think, a lot of confusion on this sacrament and there just can't be. It's It's too important of a sacrament for us for there to be any more confusion. So if you may be confused on it, don't, don't be ashamed. 
All right. And you may think, well, I'm, I've been Catholic for 35 years and I don't know the teachings of the church regarding reconciliation. Well, the good news is you can start now. That's the challenge for all of us is really dive into it. Dive into it. You're, you're, you know, worst case scenario, you're going to learn a ton. <laughs> really, when it comes back to it, uh, that, that, that's the absolutely worst case scenario. And best case scenario is maybe you're one of those that's been fighting it for a while, or maybe you go reluctantly, you know, maybe with a disposition of, of fear rather than a disposition of seeking God's mercy. I know a lot of people that that can plague them. I get it. I get it. But to know the depth of what of what God, Jesus Christ gives us. Remember, he's given us this sacrament. This comes straight from him. You want to take it up with, you want to take up the, the teaching of reconciliation. You just take it up with Jesus. He's right there in sacred scriptures, commanding the first bishops of the church to do indeed what the church is still doing today. And that is through her priests, acting in persona Christi Capitis, in the very person of Jesus Christ, the head, in that sacrament. This is why they speak in the first person, because it's not coming from them. It's coming from Jesus. So important. So important for the life of a Catholic today to be able to know what we have. It's just, it's, it's gold. It's gold. We have it. Beautiful stuff today. All right. Second half hour, we're going to talk all things uh, Our Lady of Sorrows today. And this is a, a really kind of an underrated, I talk about underrated saints. This is an underrated feast day, I think. Uh, and talking about Our Lady of Sorrows. And um, uh, today we're going to have uh, Patrick O'Hearn make the case on why this might be a, a really good uh, devotion for us to take, especially during Lent. So we'll have that for you coming up in the second half hour. Uh, let's go right now to Father with today's Gospel and Reflection. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus summoned the crowd again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that enters one from outside can defile that person, but the things that come out from within are what defile. When he got home away from the crowd, his disciples questioned him about the parable. He said to them, Are even you likewise without understanding? Do you not realize that everything that goes into a person from outside cannot defile, since it enters not the heart but the stomach, and passes out into the latrine? Thus he declared all foods clean." But what comes out of the man, that is what defiles him. From within the man, from his heart, come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from within, and they defile. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hi, this is Father Nick Smith, parochial vicar of Christ the King Parish in Des Moines. Jesus tells us very clearly today that it is the heart which he is interested in, and it is principally the heart from which good and bad fruits come from. This is the place in us that God is principally concerned with. And so, if we want to bear good fruit in our hearts, we also need to take care of what goes into our hearts. Again, we're not talking about foods. Jesus has declared all foods clean since they do not pass into the heart. But there are things that do go into the heart. The things we view on television, on our screens, on social media, the kinds of conversations that we participate in, the kind of company we keep. All of these things come into our hearts and can influence the type of fruit that we bear based in virtue 
or not, or all the things that Jesus mentions in today's gospel, evil thoughts on chastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, and the rest, we want to bear good fruit. Let us pray for this grace and also seek to remedy those areas in our lives where what goes into the heart from the outside is not of God. May God bless you and let us continue praying for each other. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Divine Treasures, a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community since 1992. Divine Treasures, 5701 Hickman Road, Des Moines, 515-255-5230. Thank you, Divine Treasures, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Intervisions Healthcare, empowering men and women to make the most informed, life-affirming decisions for themselves and their families. Learn more at IVHcare.org. IVHcare.org. Thank you, Intervisions Healthcare, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from the Catholic Tuition Organization. Reduce or eliminate your Iowa income tax and instead give to the Catholic Tuition Organization and receive 75% Iowa tax credits. These tax credits are going fast, so reserve yours today and learn more about the Catholic Tuition Organization at ctoiowa.org. ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their futures. Catholic Tuition Organization, a great investment in our kids. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up, Patrick O'Hearn is going to be on, author of seven books. He's been on before on a couple of them, uh, but he's back. Got a master's of education from Franciscan University, and he's going to educate us today on... A devotion in the church that is, he he feels, one of the greatest, but oftentimes hidden in the sense that a lot of Catholics don't know about her. They've heard maybe of her, but Our Lady of Sorrows is what we're going to talk about today. And uh, he makes a case for why she'd be a great devotion to be able to take on during Lent. So here we are a week away, exactly one week away from Ash Wednesday. Now is the time to be thinking how it is that we are going to strengthen that relationship with the Lord Jesus during Lent. So we'll have uh, Patrick on to talk all about it. All right, Deacon Tony, let's pray. We have a few birthdays today. We have a birthday for Monsignor Michael Hess. And then we have a birthday for Jessica Chamberlain and Rich Giafredi. All three are celebrating their birthday today. So let us pray. God of all creation, we offer you grateful praise for the lives of those who recall today the special occasion and rejoice in your gifts of life and love, family and friends. We humbly ask you to hear their prayers and grant them their heart's desires in accordance with your holy will. Continue to bless them with your presence and surround them with your love that they may enjoy many happy years, all of them pleasing to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's take a look at your top news stories of the day. Thank you, John. Our top news stories of the day are brought to you by a Catholic tuition organization helping to make Catholic education more affordable. The bottom line is it's for the kids. For more information, visit ctoiowa.org. Good morning. I'm Deacon Mark Campbell. Tuesday night, Alex Barker, Director of Marketing and President Drew Van Meteren of the NBA G League Iowa Wolves joined Perry Booster Club President Mindy Baxter at center court for a special presentation between the boys and girls games between Perry and Greene County. On January 16th, the basketball teams played a doubleheader against Seidel High School at Wells Fargo Arena, the first student activity following the tragic school shooting that took place on January 4th. 
Typically, the proceeds from ticket sales are divided among the two schools, but officials from Sadell agreed that the entire purse should go to Perry, who was trying to recover in the aftermath of the tragedy. That's cool. The result was a boost to the school's budget in the way of a check for over $17,000. While there are no immediate plans for how the funds will be spent, Baxter said they have their first meeting of the year coming up soon and will definitely put it to good use to improve the school and their activities. Good for them. Yeah, that's my uh, alma mater. I graduated from Sadal back in 1990-something. You're a good and holy man. (laughs) Sadal High School's uh, (laughs) a a, a great little little gem that that some people don't even know exists. Where is that? Well, it's out between Des Moines and Ankeny for inquiring minds. It produced my wife, too. So that's where we met. Yeah. What a... what a school. Yeah. It's Unbelievable. Yeah, they don't even have me in their Hall of Fame or wow. shame. Wow. So that's wow. probably good. We'll have to fix that. Uh, <laughs> a jury yesterday found a Michigan mother guilty of four counts of involuntary manslaughter in connection with her son's 2021 shooting at Oxford High School that killed four students and injured seven other people. She faces a maximum penalty of 15 years in prison for each count. Her sentencing is scheduled for April 9th. Jennifer Crumbly, 45, is believed to be the first parent to be held criminally responsible for an attack committed by their child. Her son, now 17, pleaded guilty as an adult to all 24 charges in 2022, including murder and terrorism, and was sentenced last year to life in prison without parole after using a 9mm semi-automatic handgun his father purchased for him just days before the attack. The shooter's father, 57-year-old James, will take the stand next month in a separate trial over the involuntary manslaughter charges. Four bolts intended to fasten a door plug panel on a Boeing 737 MAX 9 were missing before last month's mid-air Alaska Airlines blowout near Portland, according to a federal report released yesterday. It marks the first official count of the accident, which led to the temporary grounding of over 170 MAX 9s and prompted renewed uh, scrutiny of Boeing. The investigation found unnamed Boeing employees at its factory in Washington state removed the door plug to allow repairs in September. An image image taken after the reinstalled door uh, for unrelated reasons reportedly shows the missing bolts. The plane was delivered to Alaska Airlines in October. An investigator saw no evidence the plug was removed again. The time is 7.37. Let's go to Mark Amadeo now with a scoreboard update. In sports on your Wednesday morning, last night, high school girls and boys basketball heard on most of these Iowa Catholic radio network stations. In the girls' contest, it was third-ranked Dowling Catholic defeating number 12, Waukee Northwest, by the score of 64-32. Dowling improves its record to 16-4 on the year. The Maroons were led by junior Ava Zedeker's 23 points and sophomore Ellie Muller with 14 points. In the boys' contest, it was 10th-ranked Waukee Northwest Northwest defeating Dowling Catholic 81 to 61 at the Waukee Northwest Gym. Dowling's record falls to 8 and 10. The Maroons were led by a pair of seniors, Riddick Metten with 20 points and Joey Capola with 12 points. Last night, men's college basketball in the Big 12. Number 14, Iowa State, defeating the Texas Longhorns by the score of 70 to 65. In Austin, Texas, the Cyclones had an 18-point lead at one time, and it whittled down to three before they hung on for a five-point win. The Cyclones now 6-3 and three in the Big 12 Conference, tied for second. 
Overall, their record is 17 and 5, while the Longhorns fall to 4 and 6 in the conference. They're tied for ninth and 15 and 8 overall. Tonight, men's college basketball in the Missouri Valley Conference. Southern Illinois is at Drake and Missouri State at Northern Iowa. Both games will tip off at 7 o'clock. And this Friday night, we'll have high school girls and boys basketball on most of these Iowa Catholic Radio Network stations. Urbandale at Dowling Catholic. Our pregame begins at 6 o'clock Friday night with the girls game at 6.15, followed by the boys game at 7.45. Dowling will be recognizing 50 years of girls basketball at the school. And with your Wednesday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show, I'm Mark Amadeo. Thank you, Mark. And here's a look at today's forecast. Mostly cloudy with highs in the lower 60s. We'll see some gusty conditions with gusts up to 30 miles per hour today. Overnight, mostly cloudy. A slight chance of rain after midnight. Lows in the upper 40s. And tomorrow, Thursday, mostly cloudy in the morning. Then becoming partly sunny. Slight chance of rain. Breezy with highs in the lower 60s. Currently, we have cloudy conditions uh, throughout uh, much of the uh, Iowa Catholic radio listening area. Marshalltown is the uh, low spot this morning at 35 degrees. Winter set the high spot at 41. Des Moines at 40 and a tumble at 37. Today's forecast brought to you by Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte since 1939. Farm Bureau Financial Services has built relationships first and plans second. Getting to know you so they know exactly what you need. Learn more at cindyschulte.com. Thank you, Deacon Mark. Let's go to your Saint of the Day. This is your Saint of the Day on Iowa Catholic Radio. Today's saint did not seek the limelight, but in doing God's work, attracted a lot of attention. Saint Colette today chose a life in a convent in France in the mid-1300s. She initially chose a life of a hermit, following the, quote, third order rule, and having herself walled into a small room with only a window looking into a church. She lived in this small space, praying and fasting for four years. Eventually, Colette felt called to leave the cell and devote her energies to leading other faithful women. She joined the poor Clares, known for their extreme poverty, and she quickly became an overseer of 17 different convents. There she worked to return her sisters to the primitive rule of St. Clair. This effort at reform was a beacon to the whole church in a time of great distress and called on all the faithful to more closely follow the ways of Jesus Christ. We ask today St. Colette to pray for us. Amen. When we come back, we're going to talk to Patrick O'Hearn, back on the show, author of seven books. He's got a new book out on Our Lady of Sorrows, and we're going to talk about her and learn about her. This is one that you may have heard her name before, or maybe not, uh, but a lot of Catholics don't know who she is or why this devotion is such a powerful one. We're going to have all that for you when we return. You're not going to want to miss this. This is a really good one. John Lee here on the Catholic Morning Show. You're listening to The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Happy Wednesday. I'm Anne-Marie Cox with your news from the Diocese of Des Moines. One week from today is Ash Wednesday. It's also a day of fasting and abstinence. We invite you to join us for Mass and receiving ashes at any of our churches. There's a retreat specifically for college students coming up on the weekend of March 1 through 3rd. Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, is facilitating the retreat at St. Thomas Aquinas Parish in Indianola. Get more information by contacting the parish. 
The third option is a program for all couples who are either facing obstacles in their marriage or just trying to make a good thing better. Join us on the fourth Monday of the month at 7 o'clock at Mercy College in Des Moines. Hear couples who have overcome comparable frustrations and be a part of a support group talking about skills and tools that could help. If you need more information, see the ad in the Catholic Mirror or email communications at dmdiocese.org. That's your news from the Diocese of Des Moines. I'm Anne-Marie Cox. Iowa Catholic Radio is supported by our listeners and business underwriters as we connect listeners to Christ while bridging the gap between the church and the marketplace, seeking God in both. If you own a business that you'd like to use to help further this mission, email deaconmark at iowacatholicradio.com. And we encourage you to thank the many businesses who choose to underwrite programming on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. Your presence is vital as we participate in the church and the marketplace, seeking God in both. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Ashworth Vision Clinic. Complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and urgent eye issues. 515-440-4610. AshworthVision.com. The next Man Up West Power Lunch is Friday, February 9th at St. Francis of Assisi in West Des Moines. Father Nick Smith, whose daily gospel reflections are heard across the Iowa Catholic Radio Network, will help us prepare for Lent. Program begins at noon. Lunch provided by Chick-fil-A. Register at iowacatholicradio.com. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Appreciate you being a part of it today. Let's go to our next guest, author of seven books been on before holds a master's in education from franciscan university of steubenville patrick o'hearn back hey patrick hey john how you doing new book on our lady of sorrows my friend and and here's the deal though though a lot may have heard of her name it, it really is true there's not a lot of people that know a lot about her it is you know this this devotion goes back all the way to the 12th century and i think it's kind of been lost, you know, on our on the world today. And I think uh, in these you know these, these times, I think Our Lady is calling us back to uh, in the saints to to uh, revive this devotion to her seven sorrows. What what made you want to write a book about this? You know, I've always had a great love for Our Lady. You know, Our Lady, especially Our Lady of Sorrows. Just you see her at the foot of the cross, and you just see her in pain, and she's consoling Jesus's heart, but who's consoling her heart? Mm. So that kind of led me to to write this book, and I think you know a lot of times you know children's books we don't want to a lot of them can be fluffed, and we don't yeah. want to present these these difficulties you know suffering. So I think this book gently introduces children to help console Mary's heart, who in turn consoles their heart. Uh, some may say, yeah, Patrick, but this just sounds depressing. Why, why would I want this kind of devotion? Our Lady of Sorrows, the Seven Sorrows. You got swords sticking out of our heart. You got a, a, a tearful mother there. Why not go for something maybe a little bit more, a little bit more exciting? <laughs> it's interesting. I have a statue of her. My mom. My mom would be kind of like she'd be. She's kind of like freaked out. But she's like, you like the you like the pain of Mary right. so much. And, right. And, uh, but I I think well, one of the things that you know these. Our Lady revealed to St. Bridget seven promises of those who pray this, and probably the, my favorite promise is not, it's the fifth promise. Mary says, I will defend them in their spiritual battles with the infernal enemy, and I will protect them at every instant of their lives. Mm. So I think 
this is a powerhouse devotion, and it, and I think, um, you know, the, again, it's about helping our children and us forget about our own sufferings. You know, when we go through suffering, we complain, and and uh, and no, I, I do, I know, but just like trying to take that that focus off us and saying like Mary's suffering, and how can and and secondly, she's the exemplar. She stands at the foot of the cross with Jesus. So, and I know that like when we see that image of her, like she helps us. You know, she helps us on our Calvary. So it is, it's not a depressing topic because our goal is ultimately we can't get to heaven without suffering, but we suffer with joy and with perseverance, and I think Our Lady helps us with that. Yeah, one of my prayers is always, you know, Lord Jesus, help me to see with the eyes of, of your mother. Help me to love with the heart of your mother. Help me to, to be wise with the wisdom of your mother. And I just kind of go through a little litany there, and I've kind of written my own on it. Um and, and I think it can be important for us to, to kind of understand here. We're not just wallowing in in misery, right? When we're talking about some of these devotions, such as Our Lady of Sorrows, it is a it's a it's a place for us to go to say, Lord, help me to understand your passion more. Help me to understand what you've done for me, and to do so through the eyes of your mother, someone that loved so much. And look at what love can do. You know, love in a lot of ways. It's not depressing. Uh, you know, it, but 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 love is is freeing, and, and this is what Mary wants for every single one of us. But sometimes that doesn't just come easy, and I, I think seeing that and, and understanding it can be a really good place for us to start, especially during Lent, to be able to see because Lent doesn't always feel good. It's not always happy go lucky, right? We're walking in the desert. Yeah, you know, I, I believe that Our Lady of Sorrows. And I have an article coming out, I think, next week or so. Uh, but it, I say that Our Lady of Sorrows is the secret to the best Lent because she, she's the one, the closest disciple, obviously, to Jesus. She she suffered the most interiorly, and so she understands our pain. She understands Jesus' pain, and she she wants to, to walk with us and to keep our eyes fixed on, on heaven and on the resurrection. You know, like Lent is, you know, I think often— it's, it's because we're, we're again, we're so focused on our suffering, but we don't see the finish line. When you're running a race, right, when you run that race, you should always have your mind on the finish line, and that's what we do as Catholics. You know, Lent isn't the end all. It's, it's really getting to heaven and being united with Jesus. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy this um, it, it, because I, I don't have much of a devotion to her. And so, you know, really kind of diving into this, as I said at the beginning could really be a good Lenten practice for me. Um, I, you, you mentioned some of the advantages, though, and I know St. Bridget of Sweden uh, had seven great graces to those uh, from Our Lady, the promises given to her that meditate on the seven sorrows daily. But you, you mentioned there's other advantages to the spiritual life, to one um, in particular, to an exorcist friend of yours. Yeah. yeah. I had Father Chad Riffinger, he was, he was gracious enough to write the foreword for mm. this, and he wrote four prayers for children in the back. So it's and adults will like this book, too. It's not just for children yeah. as well, these reflections, but there's a prayer for protection, a prayer for their vocation, a prayer to Mary, and a prayer, like a, a nightly gratitude. And one of the things that Father Rippinger has noticed, and, and it's even in the promises, is that Our Lady says, I will enlighten them about the divine mysteries, but also the mystery about ourselves. And if we ask Our Lady of Sorrows, can you help reveal you know, like our hidden faults, our sins, and I, I believe, she, you know, she does that. And there's, and it's not a coincidence that there's seven swords, because seven is perfection. So Mary suffered perfectly. But I also think in a mysterious way that these seven sorrows 
combats the seven deadly sins. So they reveal to us, you know, like Mary shows us, what, what do we need to work on? And that could be painful. It's like you're pulling the sword out of our heart, but she's showing us if we have pride, if we have lust, but also she provides that remedy to help us overcome that. Mm. And she does so, as you said, uh, teaching us how to suffer and to suffer heroically. Because look, in life, you know, you're going to suffer. If you live, you're going to suffer. There's just no question about it. Uh, and some are, are given more than, than, than others. There's no question. But the key is, is to suffer heroically, to suffer virtuously, to suffer with perfect love. And, and Mary shows us that. She's the model of that. And, and I, I think it's important for us in all of our sufferings and whatever struggles or difficulties to look to her specifically this Lent to Our Lady of Sorrows and to ask her to help us to suffer better for Jesus, to, to be a light, to be a beacon, as she was in the midst of, uh, of the sufferings of her son and seeing what it is that she saw. I just I, I think it's it's almost I'm not going to say it is, but it's almost the perfect devotion for Lent. I'm with you on that. It's a simple devotion, you know, because some people, I mean, especially for children, the stations of the cross can be very cumbersome for little kids. But I mean, when you have, and even adults, like we we have this notion, like more is better, you know, doing, and and I'm not saying everyone should do every single devotion out there, but this one is so simple to pray, to get on your knees and to pray seven Hail Marys, meditate on each of these sorrows. You know, the saints say that it's better to say one Hail Mary devoutly than to say the rosary, you know, distracted. Sure. Here's a devotion. I agree with you. I really believe that this devotion of seven sorrows is, I think it's one of the greatest devotions, and I think it's the best devotion for Lent, you know, comparable, I would say, with the Stations of the Cross. Amen. Amen. Uh, where can people get your uh, your book for children, but also for adults? Uh, again, I, I, I always... I like to say this is kind of one of those, I don't want to say in-betweens, but this is one of those that's like, okay, adults are going to learn from this. Yeah, Yeah, and John, this book is, I almost think it's more of a devotion than just a children's book. I mean, the images by the illustrator, Adelaide Houdet, I mean, they'll they'll blow you away. Beautiful. And so they can get this book at Sophia Press, and then I have, I also have it on my my website, it's patrickrohern.com, so Sophia Press and then patrickrohern.com. You're a good man, Patrick. Keep up the good work. All right, brother. Oh, thanks, John. God bless you. Have a blessed Lent. You're welcome on this show anytime. Uh, friends, I, I don't know of a better a better person to go to this Lent than Our Lady. You know, if you don't have much of a devotion to her, I, I, one of the things that I've always done is I've always asked Jesus to help me in that. And you may say, well, wait a second, aren't you going the opposite way? Mary's supposed to help you with Jesus. That's the key. That's the point for me. Right? Jesus... Lead me to better understand and love your mother, to have a devotion, because then in better understanding and loving and devotion to Mary, I'm able to see you more perfectly as you are. See, again, it kind of goes back to my my, my prayer I shared a little earlier of seeing Jesus with her eyes, loving Jesus with her tender heart. There's no one that loved him more than Our Lady. No one. Understanding his will, the way that she understood his will for her life. I mean, how much could we benefit from that? And all the things we can control and all the things we cannot control. Mary subjected herself perfectly to the will of God and lived it. Don't you want that? I know I do. That's the prayer. right? And so Our Lady of Sorrows... You're talking about here a devotion where Mary is entering deeply into the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus. But the sorrows come from seeing what the world has done to him. And then, of course, she helps us understand 
You know, the world's going to do this to us, too. It's not ever going to be easy. But to suffer in a way, whatever lot of sufferings we have, whatever, big or small, big or small, but to do so the way she does so, with that perfect love. Good stuff today, friends. All right, Deacon Tony, let's pray. God, our Savior, hear our morning prayer. Help us to follow the light and live the truth. In you, we have been born again as sons and daughters of light. May we be your witnesses before all the world. And may the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit come down upon all of us. Protect us all from evil and bring us all to his everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today, friends. I am John Leonetti. Be confident in Christ's mercy and his love today. Catholic Morning Show is a production of the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. To hear this and other programs, visit iowacatholicradio.com or download the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Here in this worn and weary land where many a dream has died.